Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors podcast. I have Kimberly with me and we were just having uh, a little, maybe not a rant, but like a discussion. And then I thought, oh, we should have been recording this. That always happens before you start podcasts. It does. Very annoying. Nice. Anyway, but- generally we were talking about common themes that have come up throughout the accountability calls. And this, like, we're going to start with like a bit of tough love, I guess, or a little bit of like harsh reality but that's what gets you results right and tough love always comes from like done well always comes from a place of we want the best for you that's why we're telling you this stuff um and I guess you were talking about a little bit of like self-reflection of how much effort you've actually put in how much work you've actually put in and whether your expectations match the level of effort you're putting in so like if you've done a couple of social media posts and you expect to have clients off the back of that your expectations aren't matching the amount of effort required to pick up those clients. And I think that's something that we see less so with the people on AFM, but like relatively often in like the online coaching world, right? Yeah, and I think it's um, like we were, I was just saying before we hit record, I spent this weekend doing a reflection on my own business and being like, not even being really brutal, just being honest. And it's kind of the difference of, if you put it in like fat loss terms, of me being like, yeah, no, I've been sticking to 1,500 calories. And I had a couple of chocolate bars on the side. It's not 1,500 calories, is it, Kimberly? Um, yeah, so I went the classic. I... I've been sticking to 1,500 calories for four days a week. Like, okay, well, then, you know, you've not been doing it then, have you? Yeah. I might have had a few check-ins like that. Um, and, and I guess it's like it's being, it's the difference between like critical analysis and actually as much as it's nice to like give yourself good feedback now and again actually like the hard feedback's better and harder and you can be a bit harsh on yourself like you looked at your social media right and you were like is this is this aligned with the people I want to attract yeah and it can be is that it's not a it kind of made me realize you know actually I've been writing posts that I that are a bit self-indulgent that I want to write that I'm interested in and they might be helpful for some people, but my Instagram account is a business Instagram account. So, and whilst, you know, maybe the 80-20 rule, having a bit of fun, obviously getting your personality across, but it, for the, you know, for people on AFM, for coaches, for myself, it's a business tool. And it's kind of going back and being like, that post got, you know, a load of likes because it's got, you know, a face on it amazing the content wasn't particularly good or actually this content was really valuable I'll reuse it or even this content is good but it doesn't suit my business and it isn't attracting the right people and it's not a it's not bad to be self-critical because it you need to then review it put a bit of a plan in place and try something new or you know be even more clear on your niche and write to those people and you know it takes a while and it will take some iterations and some changes and that's fine but it's there's no point in keep doing if you keep having the same check-in with your coach every single week and nothing is changing something you need to change something yeah I love this quote that's so simple that's like nothing changes if nothing changes like there make sure that you're yeah making changes where they're needed I think um it's very hard to get perspective over your own social media, which is why on AFM we kind of do like the social media review. 
but it's also how you could get like a buddy to do it for you and it has to it's probably better to be I was going to say someone in the industry but actually it's probably better for it not to be someone in the industry but it needs to be someone that will be as I've been saying like kind of critical not just like oh yeah I really like your social media it looks quite fun and like like yeah but would you buy from me like maybe ask someone in your target audience like how do I come across on social media would you mind even one of your clients like would you mind having a look on my social media and, and seeing what jumps out to you or like asking people why they did sign up which bit of content was it that they signed up from or was it a mixture of it all or did they like that you are funny in some but also you give out information in others or were they not really interested in the fact you're funny and they just wanted the information like that kind of feedback is really really important and it's hard like Kimberly's done it really well but it's hard to get perspective on your own social media I would still try and do it yourself but also get external feedback so like I never do I was just thinking about this as you were talking I was like I never do this but go onto your own social media, like try and get like some, like get in the right headspace, a little bit of perspective, and then like log on to your, like view your own Instagram and just like try and be quite critical of like, how would I, if I was approaching this, like, what do I think of it? Like, how do I look at it? Like, is this coming across in the right way? Like, what's my bio? Like, what's my, like, I'm half the time when I, like when I actually go and look on mine, I'm like, I don't even know that was still there. Like the, what are they called? Highlights and stuff. I'm like, that actually that pops up quite like, prominently on your social media but like I never look at those like I never yeah. see my own page like that and like watching your own stories and stuff like I never do that but actually it's probably quite a good thing to do because then you're like oh that's how it's coming across or that's the kind of content I'm putting out and you can see it through a slightly different lens if you try and view it as a consumer I think that gives a lot of value but I would also say like getting someone else to do that because it's really hard to see how you're coming across um and obviously it's so much easier for someone else to kind of view that through an, an external lens. And that is just absolutely gold feedback. And it doesn't have to be a social media expert because quite frankly, what's more important than what the social media expert says is what your clients think or what your potential clients think. And I think one question that this came up, we were talking yesterday, oh, actually today for Kimberly, but yesterday as well. Um, and something I wrote down in notes from yesterday's chat was a really like a really good question a really simple question but why would someone want to work with you that like when you're thinking about social media when you're thinking about business when you think about how you come across when you're thinking about your expertise your packaging like everything about your business come back to why would someone want to work with you and that's a really important question to ask especially if you have found that maybe you're like copying industry trends or copying other people or you're like a watered down version of James Smith or you're a watered down version of someone else like the reason people want to work with you is because you're you right if they wanted to work with James Smith they'd go to James Smith so you have to be different you have, there has to be something different about you there has to be something like better about you for some people I actually just did a podcast on this on the ESG fitness podcast about how there isn't a best coach and how actually depending on the individual there'll be a best coach for someone and like that could change throughout the course of someone's coaching career as well like I used to coach Kimberly I'm no longer the best coach for her she's working with someone else because her goals have slightly changed like that's normal progression as well there's loads of people that maybe come to me for something and then decide they want to do powerlifting I'm not the best powerlifting coach I'm not going to hold them back by being like um you work with me now you can't leave like you're not always going to be the best 
coach for someone but this is part of like having a niche but it's also part of like figuring out what you are uniquely good at and not just essentially copying someone else's work because that is never going to grow a successful business um agreed obviously I also think I think there's a healthy balance of knowing what other people are doing in the market and maybe what your you know quote unquote competitors are doing but kind of taking it back to myself when I was kind of doing a lot of reflection at the weekend I don't follow any virtual assistant because I don't really care what they're doing because what I do for you what I do for my clients is how we work together and it doesn't matter to me what other virtual assistants are doing and we kind of we've talked about this before but I certainly don't post to other virtual assistants to impress them because I don't they don't care what I'm doing but they might do but I certainly don't I don't I'm not aware what other virtual assistants are doing um and i i know even from my feed i sometimes forget that instagram isn't just fit pros because my feed is just you guys like that's all it is and then i'll see something i think oh my goodness i didn't even know that that was on instagram because i i forget and everything is just health and fitness related and social media um so i think there's a, a healthy balance of knowing you know doing your own market research and knowing you know, the people that you have access to, what do they want? And what, you know, what is in their price range? And what are they looking for? Do, do they want face-to-face? Do they want online? What do you want? And, you know, there's a little bit of, there is a bit of market research to be done. You can't just put up a post offering the service that you want to offer and expect people to buy it. Because it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. And it's, but there's kind of, you know, knowing what people are doing, but also doing your own thing and you know if you if you go back and read you know five of your social media posts and you absolutely stand by them and you think that they are the absolute best thing and they're you know super clear super articulate gonna absolutely get you clients they're fine that's absolutely fine stick with it but we're kind of coming up you know with some people you know and they're not maybe getting as many clients as they want and actually, if you're only marketing yourself on Instagram, then that's the only place you need to change. And it might be that you start to look elsewhere and, you know, are there different avenues to get different clients? But if you're, if Instagram is your one platform, and that's absolutely fine, like it's my only platform and, and we're, you know, we've talked a lot about not diluting what you're doing. But if it is your only platform, it's, it's got to be amazing. Like it's got to be, because there's, I don't know, millions of businesses on it. Like it's got to be you. It's got to be what people want. And that's all part of, you know, running a successful business. And it's not, it's not easy, um, but it does take constant reviews, constant work now, looking forward to, you know, where you want to go, where you want to be. Um, And it's not, it isn't easy, but it, it is part of running a business. Yeah, I think a really good reminder to people is that you're not trying to impress other fitness professionals. And we say this a lot, but like if your feed is full of that and I don't know, you respect others or something, you're like, oh, that's great. Like all these other, I don't know, fitness professionals are sharing it. Like, is it helpful to your clients? Does it resonate with your clients? You might have a really great scientific description of 
the insulin pathway like do your clients give a shit what that is or even know what that is I think it's very easy if you surround yourself with like an echo chamber of fitness industry people to try and like impress them and also measure your success of a post based on how many likes it got or how many shares it got that might not be relevant to how much business that's pulling in for for your clients so you might think like I've had to be quite um I guess like take a step back and look at mine recently because a lot of the posts that seem to do well probably aren't getting any clients and actually a lot of the stuff that I'm like almost a little bit bored of posting like the basics like I think I posted something that was like tips for it was something so basic it was like tips to swap oh no tips to save calories without tracking right and it was like little swaps you can make and it did so well and I was like oh I kind of thought I was past like all of that but like actually that's what that's what you is useful to people that's what useful to some of my clients so like maybe all your content's not like that but like keeping some of that kind of stuff that you might think is really basic but that is a good sign that you've kind of lost touch a little bit with who your audience is and what they really want so like mm-hmm. listening to that feedback and it's completely fine to be inspired by other fitness professionals but it should be inspired by not like overly influenced by and there's a big difference there like read something digest it add your own spin to it and then post it don't just read something and and essentially repost it um and I think something you touched on about like building a social media this is something Amelia and I had a discussion about this and how there's a, actually a huge advantage to having a small social media following, like relatively small. So of course there's like a bit of a, a balance here. Like you don't want such a small following that actually you don't even have enough people to build a viable business. But I don't actually envy anymore. Like, and I certainly used to, like people with like hundreds of thousands of followers, I'd be like, oh, imagine what I could do if I had that, that many followers. I don't envy that anymore because what I don't think they have is relationships with their followers. And that's what you're trying to build on your social media is a relationship with your followers. That's why they're going to buy from you over someone else. And I think that's what you have to remember as well. Like, is this like shitty selfie going to build a relationship with someone? No, but is me showing that I understand a little bit about your behaviors around food and opening up a conversation to, if this is something you struggle with, please shoot me a DM. I'd love to just see if I can help you with a few tips. That's building a relationship with someone. And that should be the focus, especially because, you know, most people listening to this probably don't have hundreds of thousands of followers. And actually, you can use that to your advantage by focusing on relationships instead of huge. And and I even think that that comes from a follower or client perspective as well. Like if I follow somebody who's got 500,000 followers, no way I'm DMing them to be like, oh, I love your content or oh, replying to something or anything like that. Because I'm like, of course, they don't have time to reply to me. Did my internet just go? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I, I think I probably got it on my side, hopefully. Um, but yeah, with a smaller following, you're much more likely to like reply to people, to actually get into conversations with people. And I think just keeping encouraging that, like it might take a while for people to actually start engaging. Like I put on it like almost every single post, like I'm more than happy to chat to you at the end, just shoot me a DM. And it took a while of continuously saying that for people to then like noticeably like there'd be a bit of a jump in my dms of people like oh hey i know that you always say like you're happy to help just wondered if you could give me some tips on this and i have so many more conversations now and those conversations are far more important than the amount of likes you're getting on the post Mm -hmm. that's what we should be focusing on is like those conversations and it also kind of one it's way more enjoyable two you're not like 
oh, I wonder what the algorithm's doing this week, or I wonder what like sunset photo I should put up, or like what virtue signaling post I could do that's going to get loads of shares. Like you can actually just focus on the coaching and building relationship. Okay, so that was a little about social media, I guess. Um, the other thing that I thought we should define because I've spoken about it a little bit in AFM and I think there was a good a couple of good questions on it and it's something like it's one of our sort of AFM non-negotiables is making time to work on your business not just in your business and I guess like a good example of that is like working in your business might be doing check-ins or doing lives to your private Facebook group or yeah, basically like that the, the actual essence of the coaching stuff and then working on your business and I would even say this is a little bit blurred now because for me I would say working in my business is still doing the social media posts doing a live with a media like doing the kind of ticking the boxes and then working on my business is like bigger picture what do I want to happen here what's the strategy for each of these businesses like we're about to get some feedback for AFM so we can see if we need to make any changes that's something that we do every couple of months that's like working on my business and then working in it is like the day-to-day stuff that needs to get done so as much as like the social media post is essentially working on your business in terms of growing it it's still like a tick box daily thing that I need to get done as part of what I do daily for business and then the on the business is like okay well actually I've set aside some time once a week to have a bit of perspective and be like what's going well here what's not going well what changes need to be made is there anything like macro scale that I should be looking at I think it's I think it's important to do it I probably I guess maybe don't do it enough and I think it's I think it's difficult because when you first start a business you especially for a lot of people on AFM if they've got full-time jobs then you're trying to do as much as you can and it's why it's so important to be really clear on focusing your efforts on what you can do and kind of streamlining content creation and all that kind of stuff and keeping your time protected so that you're not you know having a full-time job and then wasting time with minimal direction and I think um I think there's a there's a quote going around at the moment of you know you'd rather be going slowly in the right direction than quickly in any other direction um and I think the working on your business is still especially when you've got a full-time job and you're you know you've got a few clients as well as a bit of a side hustle and trying to make it it's so important the working on your business to know where you want to go because otherwise you're just kind of like hamster wheeling it and you're not gonna I think we've got quite a lot of people that want to transition away from you know their their current employment to full-time coaching and if you're just hamster wheeling, you're never you're never going to get enough time and enough headspace to, you know, fully, you know, put as much effort as you can into the coaching business and slowly move away from the the corporate world, um, or not necessarily the corporate world, but you know, whatever your full time job is. It's like the difference between when you say hamster wheeling, it's like being busy versus being productive, right? Knowing where to put your efforts to get the most results out of them and, and like you can say oh I'm working on my business like I made this random website and I did this this and this and it's like well what like what's the direction there what's the focus there like have you actually just got busy 
designing this massive website even though you don't have any clients yet like did you need any of that no like I I think that you know it's the whole analogy of like sharpening the axe before you cut the tree rather than just like trying to cut the tree with a blunt axe like you you'd be much better taking some time out getting some perspective and this is kind of like part of working on your business is getting some perspective over it and making sure that you're putting your efforts where they're best placed and like you're saying that's even more important when you have limited time because the opportunity cost of time is even higher than what it normally is but if you're putting time in one area because you can't put it in another area if you're working a full-time job and you only have x hours a week to work on your business you need to make sure that you're putting that that effort and that time into places that are actually getting results from it or is actually getting rewards um yes very very good point um there's a couple of other topics that we could delve into have you done your perfect week exercise yet no um so that no sorry say it again you, you cut off oh have my you perfect. done your, your perfect week exercise I did do my perfect week exercise. Um, do you want me to share it? <laughs> um, do you know what? No, I don't, because it probably doesn't matter. But I think it's a, like it's a really good exercise for people to do. I think a lot of people do their perfect day exercise. And I always felt like that was probably a little bit too hyper-focused of like, does it really matter what you do in one day? Like, potentially not and a lot of the time people kind of pick like oh it's a bit of a holiday kind of day whereas I want to look at like what's your perfect work week look like what does your life harmony look like which by the way is my new favorite like life balance not about that anymore it's life harmony now um but that perfect week of like maybe it's that you work four days a week maybe it's that you work five days a week whatever like it doesn't matter but like when are you making time for yourself? When are you making time for your friends? When are you making time for your hobbies, your family? How many hours do you actually want to work a week? What does that look like? How many hours are you working in your business? How many hours are you working on your business? That kind of thing. And then how are you going to get from what your week looks like now to what your week looks like on your perfect week? And that should be your goal. Like so many people have it kind of keeps you more in line with what your values are as well without directly looking at values which can kind of confuse a lot of people and then they get a little bit lost in that and they're like I don't know how to materialize that into an actual construct a lot of people have like financial goals but don't realize what that might look like in terms of work output whereas if you create this perfect week and my goal is to like get to that perfect week everything else kind of slots into place as opposed to like, I want to earn this amount of money. Like, okay, well, that would mean working like, you know, like 60 hours a week on, on the systems that you have at the moment or on the products that you have at the moment or on the coaching, the way that you're coaching at the moment. Is that the life balance that you want to have? And if you decide, no, it's not, but I still want to earn this amount of money. Okay, fine. We need to find a way to systemize that. But it kind of slots everything into place, right? This is what I want. How am I then going to create it? And then you can work back from there. So it's something I would suggest everyone does, like write down your perfect work week and, and be realistic with it. And I think most people, like especially the coaches on AFM, aren't like, my perfect work week is annual leave. Or like, my perfect <laughs> work week is, is just working for five minutes on a Monday morning and then spending the rest of the time doing nothing. Like most people actually love what they do. So it's not that they don't want to work at all, but they realize the benefit of having time off. And that's a huge mindset shift as well of like, 
knowing that more time off means more productivity like mm -hmm. you won't like working more doesn't necessarily mean more output because at a point there's this law of diminishing returns um and and that was a huge mindset shift for me of like oh actually when I take time off not only do I work more and work harder but actually the work that I do is better as well and it's so it's weird I think the analogy that kind of works for it is when people realize that you know like overtraining doesn't get them better results I'm like oh what so if I want better results like maybe adding in an eighth session isn't the right thing to do and maybe I should cut back to five it seems like in some ways like logically it does seem counterproductive like oh you want to get more worked up cool have more time off like there's obviously a line to that right and same with training like there's a there's a balance we had of I'm not going to be like oh you want to get more results just train one day a week because then you'll optimize recovery like no there has to be like the work put in as well but I think realizing that more isn't always better is a huge realization both in business and productivity but also in like training and exercise and obviously we always bring it back to that because that's what's going to resonate with coaches I also think two things when I did my perfect week and I kind of do echo what you say and urge people to do it because I was and maybe I have a very dull life but I was quite pleasantly surprised that actually probably I don't know 70 80 percent of my week was my perfect week so like I get up I go to CrossFit I come back I do and I was like actually that I wouldn't change that and I guess I had the opportunity when I moved to this country to create a week and I know that that's quite a privileged position to be in and you you can kind of start from scratch um but you can kind of do that of like okay actually how do I you know do you don't have to overhaul everything from the first of March like you can start to change little parts about your day or about your week it, it's not it's probably not going to be you know a whole life change and do it but you probably don't need a whole life maybe some people listening do but you probably don't need a whole life overhaul it's just making so like one thing for me was that I am really, really grumpy if I get woken up by an alarm clock. So I have built my whole life around now not having to wake up to an alarm clock. And it's amazing. Um, and I still wake up at the same time most days. But it's just that not, I don't know if it doesn't interrupt deep sleep or whatever it is. And again, I get that's a privilege that I don't have to be anywhere. Um, but then it's kind of knowing, okay, well, I'll go to bed at this time because I still want to wake up at you know, seven o'clock just without an alarm and it can be just I feel like the perfect week exercise isn't going to be flying first class to Barbados for a week and drinking I don't know, tequila sunrises um also have never done any of that um <laughs> but it is kind of I found it quite humbling but kind of reassuring that actually the things that I was doing oh okay training okay talking to you talking to clients, doing work that I enjoy doing, having, you know, a meal out. Actually, that's already my life. And that can be quite, quite, it can be quite reassuring. Actually, okay, I'm on the right path. There's a few things I'd like to change. And, so, you know, some of you will have a few more things to change. Some of you will have a few less. And you can start to, to work it out. And also, and I, I probably have mentioned this every single podcast, but one of the simplest ways to be more productive is do the toggle time track to see where you're wasting your time because undoubtedly you're all still faffing around on canva and 
that isn't adding value to a business making fancy uh carousels so you know i still think that's a really good and not to do i always say do it for two weeks but then maybe next month do it for a week and it's a bit like checking in on calories again and be like you know i'm just going to make sure i'm about where i want to be with protein and it's kind of just it's just data to monitor but it's useful data have a bit of an audit and I think that that's really hard as a self-employed person you don't realize how many hours you're actually working like oh, I do this I do that and yeah and and it's totally up to you how much you you want to work but it's good to have some kind of numbers on that or like you knowing it, and exactly like it might not be that you want to work less it might just be that you don't want to waste time on those aspects and we were walking yesterday and talking about how what was it you said Amelia said something yesterday about how you loved like being self-employed because of the choice to work instead of yeah everybody uh, does have a choice of when you're working yeah. yeah I get like it's the difference between feeling like when you're on a diet like I can't have this or I have to have this or I have to go to the gym come on a diet like the coolest thing about being self-employed is like yeah you're, you're probably going to work more than what you would have if you're working for someone right because you're working for yourself and that's fucking motivating but also it is always the choice like you're choosing to do it which makes it feel so much more enjoyable like I'm doing this for me because I'm choosing to. Like, could I take the whole day off? Yes, but I'm choosing to do this. As soon as, soon as you feel like your actions are a choice, you don't resent them. So it like takes away the resentment from doing work, I think. Um, and I like what you said about perfect week. Like, I think what most people realize when I get, like when I normally get clients to do the perfect day exercise and most people realize it's not actually that far from what their day is, which is a really nice realization. You're like, actually... Like when I did the perfect week exercise, I was like, I pretty much loved my perfect week already, which is awesome, right? But you can always make little tweaks. But it's, it's such a nice like gratitude, um, I guess, hack as well of just like, okay, well, actually, I'm not, not really that far off. And as much as people say they want like a whole week off or like my perfect day would just be sitting on the beach. Like realistically, it's not. Like it's not normally. Actually, people like... Like, I love the quote, like, wake up to time and go to bed satisfied. But it's so much nicer to lie in bed knowing that you've been really productive that day, knowing that you helped a load of people, knowing that you've had some kind of impact than it is just to go to bed and be like, you oh, know, I had a nice relaxing day. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just, like, how we we are strong. But I'm pretty sure that at least every coach on AFM feels exactly the same as that. So, yeah. Right, should we wrap up? I mean, we don't have yes. to wrap up. We can just end the recording. I uh, hope that was enjoyable. If you have enjoyed it, please give it a share on social media at AF Mentors. And if you're interested in mentoring or you want to talk to me, shoot me a message at your AF Mentors or afmentors.com. Thanks, Kimberly. Goodbye.